just trust me, okay? This is Michael, and tonight we are here for a fabulous life journey from the lovely, musical, dancing, indigenous, Fallon Feliqua Burner. How are you, darling? Hello. Thank you so much for gracing me with your presence in my life. Yes. One of the best, most influential creatures in my entire existence. Every time she comes around, music pours from my soul. Yes, we have quite the past, so in a good way. So let's go ahead and get started. Where were you born? I was actually born in Maryland, technically, though my parents lived in Northern Virginia because my mother was super hyped about me being born in the same hospital that the presidents get treated in. Oh, Jane. <laughs> oh, Jane. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, that and sounds... you know my mother, so... <laughs> yes, I do, and I totally can see that. I love that it started pre-birth. No, 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 I'm having her here! She, so, was, like, yes. she was like, if Reagan gets sick while I'm giving birth to you... <laughs> We'll be in the hospital at the same time. Oh, my God. I love it. Okay. Yes, that sounds like your mother. Okay. So, she had you, and you were where again? Born in? Well, technically a Maryland hospital, but my parents were living in Fredericksburg, Virginia. All right. So, how long were you there for before you moved? Ooh. I feel like we were only there for a year or two. Okay. We moved around a lot, really frequently in my early years, because my dad was still in the military at the time, and he, we just seemed to move all the dang time. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Okay, so your dad was in the military, and you moved all the time. So how long before you settled, basically, in your longest place? Where were you at for the longest amount of time, consistently? Oh, the house that we stopped by today. Uh, in Yorktown. Winds Drive in Yorktown. Okay, so you got there around what year? Um, we moved in there in 1993. Oh, yeah, you were there for a long time. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay, so you were there, and where was your favorite place to live prior to? Because you were in elementary school, and then middle school is when you moved to the Tradewinds house, yeah? No, 1993, I was in third grade. Okay, so third grade all the way through high school in the same house. Right? Yeah. Okay. So you're in the same house all that time. And what ends up being, you know, how is your elementary school experience, middle school experience? How was school for you? Um, Especially, not. I guess I should say, how was it being raised by Jane? So, <laughs> <laughs> she is an experience. Shout out to Jane. <laughs> Love you, Jane, a.k.a. my Bette Midler. Bette Midler. <laughs> yes. So go ahead. How was that? Um. Interesting. You know, my mom's got quite the flamboyant personality. Quite. She's very, very dramatic. Mm-hmm. She really, that woman always belonged on a stage. It's just that the stage didn't find her until later. Right. <laughs> I went to three different elementary schools, though, because I started elementary school in Springville, California. I was there for kindergarten and half of first grade. Then halfway through first grade, we up and moved to Yorkville Road in Yorktown. Wait, is that where we moved to? No, that's when we moved to Brandywine. So I, I lived in the Brandywine neighborhood for... Right around the corner from where you met me. Yep. Oh my gosh, I didn't know you lived for in Brandywine. The second half of first grade and for all of second grade. And during second grade, we were building the house in Tradewinds and then wow. moved there okay. right before third grade started. Okay. So how was your elementary school experience? Was it good? Were you picked on? Did you have any bad times to talk about what? Hell yeah, I was bullied. Um, <laughs> was it for any particular reason um, or just that you were basically always new? I don't think it 
was the being new so much as the like I had a really interesting way of dressing. I had a very unique style flair. I liked things that were very colorful and fun and I didn't necessarily I wasn't really concerned with what the cool trends were. Right. I mean, I sort of I liked the cool trends and I would incorporate those into my wardrobe, but I think I just I just dressed a way that other people probably thought was weird and I was having a lot of fun with it. So Okay. Um, I'm not sure if that's like why I got bullied. Um, I think, but it certainly didn't, didn't like, help. Yeah, people didn't like facets of my personality that were more, I guess, outspoken. Mm-hmm. And um, these two girls who, I guess, I won't name drop because later on we became best friends, and so okay. I guess I sort of forgave so them. So leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, they picked on me really hard because we rode the same bus to school. And one day I came home with my babysitter. She picked me up, and we turned on the radio just in time to hear these two girls dedicating an like an awful song to me and i didn't even know why like what um how does it go it's something about like you're so stupid blah 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 you know it's just like one of the and every now and then it comes on the radio i almost never hear but when i do i'm like oh like it brings me back to that space where like oh my god that i didn't even know what their beef was with me like literally took the effort to call into a dj and dedicate a song to me about what a stupid bitch i was we're like in elementary school and i was like i don't know why these girls hate me oh my and then later they became your best friends uh, yeah. <laughs> Later on, we were like total besties for a while, and I, and I totally heart them still. Like, would, oh would meet my, up with them and hang out with them. Oh my gosh, you um, guys are bitches. Kids I, are awful. Kids are awful. Yes. I think the other reasons I got bullied is like having an outlandish personality. Um, I was a really fast runner, but I had asthma, and so the kids didn't believe me. And so uh, every time we had to do a running test, you're um, like, I can't. <laughs> They hated you. Every time we did a running test, I would run and I would beat a lot of people. Some even sometimes the guys in the class. And when we would get back, you would report your laps in front of the whole class. Oh god! And when I reported mine, I had like three different, four different people pop up say that I was lying all the time. They're like, "There's no way she ran all that. There's no way she ran that fast. She has asthma because they knew I had asthma." And I was like. Listen, I have asthma, but you should also know this about everything else I do with my life. I'm also in seven different dance classes. I play soccer. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can run. Like, yeah. please stop gaslighting me. With that. <laughs> that wasn't a term back then. But, um, yeah, so I got crap about that all the time because I was an athlete, but nobody believed that I was an athlete because they knew right. I had asthma. Right. Another thing was, like, ethnicity and, like, the Disney movies. Um, okay. So, like, if I'm remembering the... Disney chronology, right? This was like the time where Disney was turning out like one classic cartoon a, a year. full feature like a per year every okay. summer yep. and so you'd come back in the fall and discuss what had happened in the Disney so it was movie. like in 91 it started with Little Mermaid then I think it was 92 went into Beauty and the Beast and then we go into like 93 and all of this and that start turning out Hunchback they started turning out what was the other well, one when did Aladdin was 93 or 94 oh you're right that was it was I think it was Little Mermaid, then Beauty and the Beast, then Aladdin, then it went into Where Did It Go So Wrong? Yeah, so the only two things you really, really need to know is that Aladdin came before Pocahontas. Yes, it did. The year of the summer that Aladdin came out. I have a feeling I know where this is going. (laughs) The summer that Aladdin came out, we came back to school and, um, you know, we're sitting at the table discussing the Disney movie. And the folks at the table said to me, Fallon, aren't you so glad to finally have a Disney princess that looks like you? Oh, wow. I was like, I'm not Arabian. <laughs> also, like, my hair isn't black. Like, where are you getting this? 
It's because literally I was the only like copper toned skinned person in the class oh, and they were like, you finally God. have a copper you know, skinned princess. She's clearly is your doppelganger. She clearly is your soulmate. Go have babies together. I would never look at you babies as Jasmine. No, I, you know, I mean, she's sassy. We share that. That's but, true. Um, okay. So then my the favorite ne- color. Her so outfit, then the next but, summer. So then, so then it was like oh, either the next summer or the year after yeah. that, Pocahontas finally comes and out, like, and I come back to school and I'm like, I finally have a Disney princess that <laughs> represents me. And they were like, What are you talking about? <laughs> They're like, you, you, We had you pegged for Jasmine. You're Jasmine. clearly your, Arabian. Your role has been filled. Your box has been checked. Move okay. on. <laughs> and this was you're at probably how old at that point? Like eleven. I feel like Pocahontas was 10? fifth grade. I think it was 1995. So that'd be fifth grade for me. Okay, so fifth grade for you? Yeah, you'd be like ten. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So at 10, you're being told you are actually from Agrabah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I got bullied about my ethnicity all the time because... It started young. It started young and they would make fun of me for it because they would be like, oh, she's not. Like, she's just making it up because they thought... People literally thought I was lying to them all the time. People would... Because I was the new kid at some point, people asked me a lot of questions about my life because they're like, oh, you've been all these places and like, we just grew up here. And so they'd ask me all these questions and I would answer them honestly. And I've had kind of a fantastic life like I'm not always in a positive way but in like a very I've had a lot of unique experiences and so they didn't believe that I was telling the truth so I got a reputation for being a huge liar oh my gosh you know lo and behold years later we're all in our 30s now and they're on my Facebook and they're like oh I guess she was telling the truth because now they've seen my story you know in other places and And now they're gonna hear it (laughs) confirmed she was not lying about a lot of those things um, so then at some point I did in earnest, like start to lie about random shit just cause I got tired of being gaslit all the time. And I was like, fine, I'll just make up some shit. And then I kind of got in trouble for that. I, I, I have some regrets there, but, um, it well, was because I was bullied. <laughs> well, on that note, everyone think about anyone you bullied and go make amends. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, you liar. So, <laughs> so here we are. It's so funny because I've known you for so fucking long, and <laughs> I did not know a lot of stuff until, until literally the drive back from Williamsburg today. And of course, the catalyst was some comments that were made. We're gonna leave those on the sidelines. Um, and I was like. I was wondering, what is this and what is that? So that's what we're here to talk about, too, because I think there's a lot of people out there that, I mean, I dealt with it in a different way where it's like, well, you look like this, not that. So therefore, you don't know about this. You don't know me like that. But thank you Very for deciding. Cool Mexican, so back the fuck off. Yeah, like, thanks for acting like you know my story. appreciate it. Little 10-year-old peon who doesn't know anybody. <laughs> like, my whole family's not here. We're all military brats. We don't know what's going on. We just are all hanging out together. So, you get the reputation. Now, was this, this was elementary school. So, end of elementary school, going into middle school. What was middle school like for you? Middle school for the, for sixth grade was kind of more of the same because I still had my crazy fashion sense that I was not willing to give up and it was, you know, fringe. <laughs> I was my own box. I was in my own box. Okay. Um, so in sixth grade, the kids 
hated me so much. Again, I'm not really sure where this came from. I'm not sure what the inciting incident was. I don't remember saying anything to anybody. Nobody, nobody cited anything later as their reason for doing this. But one day, I stroll into English class, and in some of the sidebar conversations you're having behind the teacher's back, a bunch of kids at my table are like, did you read the letter yet? Did you read the letter? And I'm like, what letter? And yeah. they're like hello, haven't you gone to your locker? And I was like, I only go to my locker every like three periods. I just carry the stuff with me. And they're like, you need to go to your locker right now. So I get a bathroom pass and I go into the hallway and I open my locker and there's this letter and I read it. And it is this letter saying, "Um, we hate you. You're an awful person. Um, You brag, you lie, you make up stories. You're not as good as you think you are. Like it was just all the nasty things you could think of that somebody would say to you that would hurt your feelings were in there. And And you're how old? This was sixth grade. So like 12, 11, 11, 12. 12, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, I started crying and they had every single person who rides my bus sign it as if it was a goddamn petition. So what did you do? I did you show it to Jane? I cried for a second. I folded it back up, put it in my pocket, pulled up my stiff upper lip like I always do and went back to class. And I was like, yeah, I read it. And they were like, and, (laughs) you know, and then they do what kids do. They all start laughing to each other because they're in on the joke. And I just took it. I just took it on the chin. I just sat there and I looked at them and I absorbed the moment. Wow. And did you end up showing your mother? I did not because Jane would, would have, have flipped. Jane would have like literally skinned them alive. <laughs> yeah, and fire starter. Fed the crispy skin of their children to their parents <laughs> for dinner. I agree with that. That's why I was like, how did you continue at that school? Certainly she would have ripped you out and thrown you in public. I'm sorry, private school or something. Yeah, so this was sixth grade, right? So yeah. now you have to remember one year later, I made the cheerleading squad. Right. So the tides turned. The tides turned because apparently in school, you don't fuck with athletes or athlete like adjacent. Yes. And I was like, okay, cheerleading was successful. They really like me. They're giving me responsibilities. By eighth grade, I was elected captain of the cheerleading squad. That's uh-huh. that magical position where you cannot be touched. Uh-huh. And I also joined the soccer, the JV soccer team at that time. And it was just like, all right, we don't fuck with Fallon anymore. I no longer got bullied. Wow. Just being an athlete did it. Being an athlete, I was already an athlete outside of school, mind you. But once I did in school athletics. That's where you gain notoriety. Yes. Yes. Okay. So how did you feel on the inside, though? Did you feel like you were a sellout or did you feel like these were now genuinely your friends? Um... I think I was really wary of these people for right. a while. You know, I knew I what they been. did to me and yeah. I held them at arm's length. But I'm also some I'm also a friendly person. Yeah. And I'm sort of a forgive and let live. If if you fess up at some point and you want to play nice, I'm kind of I'm willing to do that. And is that I what happened with forget. some of those? Yeah. So they came to you while in school and were like, look. I know we were mean. I used to think you were so nerdy and weird and I just didn't understand you, but I hope we're cool now. Like that was all it took. And I was willing to sort of go through that play ball. Okay. But like, like an elephant, I don't ever forget. No, I don't, I don't forget that they did that to me, but if you're willing to continue to be a nice person from here on out and you don't exhibit that behavior again, we're cool. Yeah. So, okay. So you go through all of this, it's hellacious, but you come out on top. So now you're getting close to the point of where graduation, you're in high school, your mom is clearly talking to you about what's going on. What is home life looking like? And what are your thoughts on where you're headed beyond graduation? Oof. It's hard to talk about home life. Um, you know, cause my dad stepped out pretty early and just wasn't there and like, didn't, didn't come back for any of my important events. So it. when you say early, how old? 
I was seven when he moved out. And then you were just with your mother in that house. Yep. And my mom, you know, worked full-time jobs and I was a latchkey kid. I had a key to the house. I let myself in as soon as I was old enough to start watching myself. And she was confident I wasn't going to burn the house down and could call 911 on my own. You know, Mm -hmm. I no longer had a babysitter and I would just come home and be alone until, um, my buddy Caitlin and I started hanging out all the time. She was really my Caitlin, shout out Caitlin Jones. She was like my refuge for the longest time because she could kind of be a latchkey kid with me. Mm -hmm. Um, but my mom just like worked her butt off and never could quite make enough money because she never really finished high school. You know, she had, she had babies in high school. So Mm -hmm. Despite her good grades, she didn't get those those education opportunities. So she also is not as employable on the job market for. So what was stuff. the direction that she was heading in for you? Was she trying to tell you you need to go to college, or was she like just work, or what was she? What was her thoughts? Oh no, she absolutely was like, you need to go to college. You're smart. You have a head on your shoulders. Like you need to go for the top. Also, my mom thought I was going to be famous. Yes. Something. That's, yes. That's the direction she kept pushing me in. She kept telling all her adult friends like Val's going to be famous. She's going to marry a doctor, and they're going to be rich, and she's going to have a, a red Mercedes sports car. Like she had this whole vision for me that I was like, I don't really feel like I'm participating in this vision. Like right. <laughs> I don't want to be a housewife, as we've talked about on another episode of yes. Trust Me okay um like i was very much like i'm gonna be the breadwinner i'm not gonna be anybody's house bitch so i purposefully didn't learn how to cook i right. pur- purposefully didn't learn how to clean because i was like i will be the breadwinner and i'll have a house husband who takes care of the babies I- if i gotta spend nine months carrying that shit in my body and i gotta exert all the pressure of pushing that shit out you can you help you can help <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah so so, I, so she didn't, was... her vision for me didn't match my vision for me because both my parents kept introducing me to and this is kind of crazy. I can't even believe I'm admitting this, but both my parents kept introducing me to much older men because they wanted to find somebody as soon as possible to take care of me. Wow. Who had money, who Instead I could Instead of still teaching be you housewife. to take care of yourself. Yeah. Gotcha. So, when it comes time you're graduating and you're leaving, clearly that was not necessarily the direction you wanted to go in. So what did you end up doing upon graduation? Oh, so I had always been in entertainment. My mom helped me get into dance classes when I was two years old, and I just never stopped. Mm-hmm. And I started doing theater the minute I could speak complete sentences, basically. Which is how we met. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was always acting and singing and dancing and doing all this stuff in theater. Um, shout out Peninsula Community Theater. Yes, PCT. Folks. I basically was raised there. I was raised right. by the adults at PCT. I, I've been there since before they had a building, long before they had a building. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I knew that theater and entertainment was what I wanted to do. And so I also had it in my head that I was going to go to school and stay until I finished a master's degree because it was also in my head that, you know, my mom didn't have the opportunity to right. finish her education. And so... If I was going to be the breadwinner of my household yep. and f- attract my house husband, yes, <laughs> I was going to need to make enough money. So I thought I was going to get ma- a master's degree, but also have an entertainment career. Well, and at the time, too, the demise of what was your parents' final chapters were falling apart. Like your mother went from the house into the condo and had to deal with selling the house. And Yeah, that was huge for her because she, yeah. you know, she grew up with some... Not a mansion, but she grew up with some luxury. Like her, her father was a, gen- a gentleman farmer who was very successful and also managed a bank, and mm-hmm. they had quite a large farmhouse. Like that was what she came from, and I just saw her kind of diminish, fall and fall because she was with these men who didn't know how to manage money, and she wasn't really capable of making enough finances right. to support the kind of lifestyle she was used to. Right. So yeah, we did move into. A, well, she actually moved away for a year while I was in high school, and I stayed in Yorktown by myself. Um, and then when she moved back, that's when we moved into the condo. Wow. Even I didn't know that part of it. So you were there alone for a year. 
Yeah, well, I ended up staying with some family friends just for my junior year of high school. Oh, that part I didn't know. I thought you were talking you about in the that house. Part, yes, because that's when I, we were living the closest. I together. knew that part. I was thinking you were talking about a different time, and I didn't kind of phrase it or frame it that way in my head. But yes, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So then she moves over into the condo. Now I'm assuming that is what you were pulling from when it came time to go. You know what? I'm going to be self sufficient. I'm not going to put myself in this predicament. What do you mean? When she had to get rid of the house and she had to downsize and she was really having a hard time with it. You definitely did not want to share that kind of experience. Yeah, for sure. But that actually started earlier when we were still in the Tradewinds house. So I went and got a work permit from my middle school principal when I was 14 years old because I was like, clearly somebody around here has to step up and help start paying the bills because it was like a a near monthly thing that mom was like, I can't meet the electricity bill or I can't buy milk or I can't get something. And let alone when you're starting to be a teenager and you want to start listening to a bunch of music and you want to do stuff with your friends and you're wanting sort of that allowance to do that. I was like, not only could we not pay the bills, but I don't have any money for cool things. So I went and got a job at 14 so that I could buy my own cool things without her being stressed about that. And then also would always have a little bit of savings put in an account aside that if she needed that money for bills that I could give her that and she could try to pay me back later. So I've been working since I was 14. Did not stop. Well, on that note, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back. So you entered the workforce at 14 to rise to the occasion because men were useless and unreliable for your mother. Basically. So you end up rising to the occasion. And what was the first job that you got? I'm so glad you asked because Me these too. people are near and dear to my heart. I want to give a shout out to the Virginia Air and Space Center. That's right. I do remember. You were there for like ever. I was the youngest museum educator they had ever hired. Myself and my friend named Chet. Shout out Chet Jordan. Love you. Wow. Yeah. Yes. They took I a chance on us. We had both been volunteers since we were like 10 or 11. So we'd already been helping with camps and sort of doing work anyways. And they were like, why don't we give you an actual like pay? Just go get a work permit and we'll actually pay you to do the shit you've been doing for free for years. And we were like, sweet. Wow. And they took such good care of me. Those adults were a very positive force in my life at that time. That's fantastic. So you get to the point where she's back, she's in the condo, you're figuring out, now I'm graduated, where am I going? Where did you end up going? What did you do next? Oh, yeah. So my parents didn't want to help me so much with my college search. Like My mom, I think, helped me make a list of places I wanted and like go solicit the applications. Cause this was back in the day of paper applications, folks. This was not, we didn't, the internet wasn't, right. the internet wasn't working well enough yet for you to do right. those things online. So you had to sub- send away months ahead of time to solicit the applications to get sent to your house. Then you had to fill them out on paper. Yes. I mean, writing the essays in longhand, yes. you know, with yes. a pen or a pencil. Um, and then you had to mail it back and it had to be, it had to arrive on time. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I what I wanted to do as an actor was I I was feeling like, you know, I was already sort of like at the top of the pool of people here. I was in York County School of the Arts. I was doing pretty well there. I was at Peninsula Community Theater. I had done some theater at Grafton and and other community stuff. And I just thought, I think I could maybe make it in New York. But I feel like the right way to do that is to go get into a school in New York. Okay. Um, But... It just that was kind of too complicated for my mother. Like she was like, that's out of state. I don't know how that would work. And my father, who could have probably afforded to 
yeah, no, he definitely could have afforded he could to have. send me up there. Yeah. Um, refused to help with that because that would have required flying me up there for an audition and to be able to see the campus um, and also more application fees. And he just put his foot down. And so I wasn't able to apply to schools in New York, even though I felt like I had a decent shot at that. Um, well, that was nice. So yeah. what did you end up having to do? And then with in-state schools, um, I was accepted to UVA for their theater program because I had auditioned for that at VTA, which is the Virginia Theater Association Conference. And that was the same year that I had won Best Actress for the State of Virginia. So, of course, I got college offers based on that. But I wasn't able to visit any of those schools because, again, this is my mom and gas money and her taking time off work. So she was like, you can pick one. And basically, we're picking the one that I want you to go to, which is Sweetbriar. Oh, my. And so I ended up going to Sweetbriar because it was the only school that I got a chance to actually visit in person. And I didn't feel when you're, when your choice is like these people that you met who were really friendly to you in this place that your mom really wants you to go or any of these other schools that you got into that you've never seen before. I yeah. picked the thing that was the warm and fuzzy. Right. Cause that's what I felt like I needed. So I was, yep. I was there for only one semester because as soon as I sat down with their financial aid department, well, my dad kept calling me and he's like, you got to get on your own with this. Like, you got to start paying for this next semester. So you got to start thinking now during your first semester how you're going to raise the funds for next sem- starting next semester. I'm not going to pay anymore. This is it. And so I went to financial aid and I had an appointment with them and they looked at my parents' financials because that's what they do when you're under 25 yep. is that they will attach you to your parents no matter what your situation is or relationship is. Yep. And they said, your dad makes way too much money. You're not actually eligible for any financial aid. I could not even get a loan. The only thing I could have gone and gotten was a private bank loan. And they were like, do not do that. Do not get a private bank loan. You will never be able to pay that off. You are too young. You don't have credit yet. Like, So basically, they told me, you have no financial aid, and your father won't pay. You can't can't keep going to school. So I left school. And then what did you do? What were your thoughts? Um, Well, the only thing I felt like I could do was, I was like, I'm not going to go back and live with with Jane, because I just feel like that's a step backwards, and I need to keep moving with my Understandable. I clearly don't have enough of a relationship for me to thought, oh, I'll go move in with my father. So I chose the next best thing, which was my middle sister. Okay. So I went and moved in with my middle sister for a while. She had just had a kid not that long ago. Her, uh, My niece was like two or three at that time. And so I just moved in with them for several months just to kind of figure my crap out. Because I was like, man, maybe my sister will like help orientate me towards <laughs> right. something. Because nobody's, right. nobody's, nobody's like giving me guidance. Me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that was nice. It was a nice refuge. It was a nice break. and it. But it also made me realize that staying there where she was living was not necessarily what I wanted to continue to do because there was nothing there that felt like it was like feeding me. Right. Um, so at that point, my father solicited that I come and live with him in Florida. Yep. And he had told me that um, you know, he, and, he and my stepmother at the time both owned their own businesses. And he said, I, we know you're unemployed, and so if you come down here, you can work for both of our businesses, and we'll pay you this amount. Um, this will be like your weekly paycheck. And so I basically felt like I was getting a contract deal. I was like, okay. okay. And remember, this is the girl who got who self, like, on my own initiative, went and got a work permit at 14 to get right, a job. I'm right. a worker. That's yeah. I'm oriented towards, and I think I'm supposed to be the breadwinner in my life. Yep. And so I'm oriented towards needing to make that income. So I went down there because I'm like, I have two people who own businesses offering me X amount per week and whatever my relationship is with them, maybe that will get fixed if I'm closer to them. Correct. So I moved down there and my sister was like, I knew the minute you guys drove drove away that that was just like an awful decision. But I, you know, what can I do? I just had to let you go try it. Okay. 
So I get down there and within a few weeks, I'm doing work with them or I'm trying to and they're trying to not let me do all the things like they were only kind of letting me work half as much as I had been promised I'd be able to work. And then they didn't want to pay you as much. Well, then they didn't pay me at all. I only ever saw one paycheck. And then they stopped paying me. And I was like, what's going on, you guys? The whole premise of me coming down here was work. Right. You know, and also hoping that we can improve our relationship, but I need to work. <laughs> Which was I'm, not helping anything. <laughs> I'm an independent adult. That's that's how I've been for a while. Um, so I had that conversation with my father and stepmother, and they said, well, we, pr- we put a roof over your head and we buy the groceries every month, so I don't know what else you want. So when I moved out to L.A., I even had a knuckle-headed cousin that I did not know. He is fabulous, all the respect, even though I gave that description at entry. He literally told me, he said, I told you that you could come and live with me so that you could get on your feet. If I told you to move in with me and pay me rent, that's not you getting on your feet. So what am I doing? So of course you don't have to pay. You just need to get on your feet. They literally move you down there to then make you pay to be there and don't even give you the opportunity to make any money because they just want free labor. Or something. I don't know what the scheme was, but it wasn't working for me. <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, that is mind-boggling. And not to mention, we're not talking you were just like a state away. You went from Virginia down to Florida. Yeah, I had no reason for being in Florida other than that's where he was wow. and that's where he told me to go. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. So you went down there. This is happening. So then what do you pivot to? Because that shit's not working out. Well, I said to myself, I love school. And my dad did point out that there's a community college nearby and he actually suggested it. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a great idea because I'm not this job thing is not working out. So I guess I'll go back to school. Although I didn't really want to go to community college at the time because in my mind, from where I had come from, I was sort of, you know, made to believe that like community college is something that you look down on. And I right. was somebody who had been like an AB student, like taking all honors courses. And I was like, oh, community college feels like another step backwards, right. but it was at least getting out of their house exactly, and doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. And so overachiever Fallon, what did I do? I got in, I double majored and I had four jobs. I got scholarships for um, show choir, chamber choir, playing flute and theater. I had four scholarships. And then I also picked up a job at the local dance studio, two local dance studios teaching dance. So I had basically six jobs and I was going to school full time. And I used to come home when I was still living with my dad and the stepmom at the time. And she would say things to me like how lazy I was. She's like, you were the laziest person I've ever known. Every time I see you, you're just sitting in front of the TV. You're not doing anything with your life. You're not contributing. What What the hell are you doing with yourself? So you had a real-life wicked step monster. I did. Well, on that note, I want to remind everyone to just trust me, okay? We will be back with part two. Stay tuned. Well, the telephone is ringing. Is that my mother on the phone? The telephone is ringing. Is that my mother on the phone? 